You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, it's time to find out why Clerks is way past its prime, according to Race Decanus. Hey, everybody. Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Our buddy Race Decanus has come back on the podcast to explain to us why that little black and white gem from 1994 that charmed its way in everybody's heart with cyst nasty, dirty talk and jokes and whatever about a guy in a convenience store and his buddy at a video store just aren't supposed to be there today. Joining me is guest host Lynette Palladino. Remember her? She tried taking you down Pulp Fiction. That didn't work out, did it? But here she is as a co-host. We're going to find out just why Ray is either right or wrong. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's trending right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter because we're good in the sacred cow. Hey, Laser Lips, your mama was a snowblower. Guess gutter. Race the Canis of the Who Would Win podcast makes his return. Racer, how are you? I'm having another exciting day, Kevin Goatee. I'm ready to talk about a movie that I've been thinking about most of my entire adult life. Excellent. <laughs> now, I want you to name that quote. Can you tell me the quote one more time? I don't think it's going to help me, but I'm trying to take extra moments of uh, thought. Boy, I'm surprised. I thought you nailed us off the jump. Hey, Laser Lips, your mama was a snowblower. Man, I got absolutely nothing out of this whatsoever. I'm going to say MASH. MASH is not correct. Lynette Palladino, can you name that film? (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) No, I absolutely cannot name that film. Uh, I feel like Laser Lips is a bigger clue than um, Your Mom Was a Snowblower. Yeah, it feels like something Chevy Chase would say in a movie, but I, I got no further than that. Lynette, I was all set to throw a Pulp Fiction quote at you. I know Ray would have nailed it. That's why I didn't do it. The answer, of course, Ray, I'm shocked you didn't get this. Short Circuit. Hey, Laser Lips. Yeah. I was a snowblower. I haven't thought about Short Circuit since I was like 10 years old. I did you know two weeks two funny? weeks ago when I was in the CVS drugstore and they played Oh Johnny the song from Short Circuit. I go, son of a bitch! I haven't At heard CVS. this in thirty five years. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. That's that's funny because I watched Short Circuit two probably five thousand times. Right. Uh, Most locals kick that... your face. Look, look at your yes. balls into outer space. That movie's terrible. It's so bad. Wait, it's... Is it, no. That's not the one with Martin Short. I'm thinking of Inner Space. Inner Space. That's what yes. I'm thinking of. Yes. Okay. Oh, also yeah. not good, by the way. Loved as a kid and go, ooh, as an adult, you're like, ooh. Oh, yeah. There are certain movies that you've seen when you were younger or at a more formidable age. And sometimes those movies are best left to that formidable age. We may be talking about one of them today. We may be. We may be. I will say, Kevin Goatee as a kid, his batting average is very consistent as an adult. There are very few, not very few, but there's a lot smaller number of films where as a kid, I'm like, that's great. And now as an adult, that sucks. Either I loved it as a kid and I still love it now, or I thought it sucked as a kid and it sucks now. So that one, Inner Space, like, oh, we saw it 8 million times in seventh grade. Or no, fifth grade. I came out in 88. Christ almighty. Ray has chosen the absolute beloved 90s Gen X film that started an entire universe. Clerks, 1994. Budget at the time of $25,000. Wowzer. Box office haul of $4.4 million. Dollars. Now, let's turn 1994 money into 2023 money, shall we? 25000 in 1994 versus today, kids, is 51900 So 51900 for today's numbers, $4.4 million in today's box uh, at that time, $9.1 million. Can you imagine that? What an ROI. What an ROI. All right. We're not that excited about that. I thought that was pretty bonkers. So first of all, when I read that statistic that it took $25,000 to make that movie in 1994 money, I adjusted for inflation. I still thought that number was ridiculous. Like it looks like it was filmed on like one of those home movie cameras. (laughs) Well, and when you have to sell your comic book collection to make a film, you have to cut a few corners. And this one now looks like a circle. But I know, but they're, they, they had not a single big name. They had one actor playing like five different parts. Well, like, where well, well, whoa, whoa, big spoiler, spoilers. Let's slow down. <laughs> we'll get to I that. Just, I just don't, I, $25,000 sounds like a lot of money in today's money. Let alone in 1994 money. There was an actor playing five parts. He must have been a white dude because I did not recognize it happening. Did you not? Well, (laughs) it's Leonardo, New Jersey. Not exactly a bastion of cultural diversity. 
And they're a circle of friends. What do you want? He's going to get people on the cheap, which is by Matt, I mean free. IMDB, as we know, 1 through 10 with decimal points. I go to you, Race to Canis. What do you think Clerks scored on the old IMDB? IMDB is a, a decimal point. I'm going to say it's going to, at this point, I think there's been enough recent reviews of it with fresher, newer eyes, probably about a 6.8. Lynette Palladino. Oh. Six. Seven, point. seven. Oh, that's way high. <laughs> way right. Tomatoes. I was being generous. <laughs> Which should be accurate. Don't be generous. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, Lynette Palladino. Critics, 1 through 100. What did the critics give, Clerks? 54. Okay, Ray Stacanus. Uh, at the time, at least, the critics kind of liked this movie uh, inexplicably. I'm going to give it an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. 90! 90. 90, yeah, they loved it. Sure did. Back to you, Ray. Audience score. Oh, audience score, probably somewhere, like I said before, uh, 68. I'll, I'll stay at 68. Lynette? 82. 89. You all wow. were just goddamn wow. terrible in this game today. But that's fine. There aren't any cash prizes for being on the money anyway. Quotes? I happen to have a few. I'm going to fuck <laughs> this bitch. I'm going to fuck this bitch. I'll fuck anything that moves. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Who eats cock? Bunch of savages in this town. See a set of keys. And one of my favorites. See a set of keys around here? No time for love, Dr. Jones. 37 dicks. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row. Hey, try not to suck any, (laughs) try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. Shit, if I would have known you were here, I'd have come even later. I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule. I don't appreciate your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me, dot, dot, dot. Hey, you're not allowed to rent here anymore, yes? <laughs> yeah, another, that one another, also got me. Another classic. I don't care if it's my cousin or not. I'm going to knock them boots again tonight. Did he say making fuck? <laughs> how many how any balls down there? About the biggest pair you've ever seen, Dingleberry. And another, this one I recall now after re, obviously the recent rewatch. Call the police. Someone raped Caitlin in the bathroom. She said she did all the work. <laughs> Ray Sicanis, any quotes at you? You know, you, you hit pretty much everything that I would have remembered. Uh, you know, the, the entire Berserker song is pretty yes. memorable. You know, is it my love for you is like a truck Berserker. Right. I honestly, in my head, coming into it, I remembered it as Jason Mewes being the one to sing it. And not his uh, friend from uh, Sweden or whatever. Russia. Uh, Olaf. Girl, nice. Russia. Oh, well, it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> take that, Putin. Um, no, I, the, the Berserker songs about it. You hit all the others. Uh, there are, honestly, for being a movie that uh, I find to be not very good uh, on rewatches later, there are plenty of one-line zingers that did make me smile in the moment. I will say that. Paladino. I Major agree, uh, but it was, it took eight minutes into the movie before I laughed, uh, and it was when Jay says, what's up, sluts? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was mostly out of nostalgia. <laughs> like, I can't imagine high school kids today greeting themselves, <laughs> greeting their friends that way like I did when I was a kid. Um, or now, for that matter. Yeah, the, that was, that was one, um, 
<laughs> the 37, in- including me in a row, that one definitely got it. I There were some <laughs> slurp, slurp, slurp. <laughs> Just, it, it also had to do with the 37 dicks. Right. <laughs> well, it's like snowballing. I wrote the book on that. How dare they lift that source material from me? Uh, what was it? I eat cock. <laughs> Bunch of savages in this town. But what's your encore? That, that Ailey raping my mother while pouring sugar in my gas yeah. tank. That's always a, that's always a. Yeah. a oh, there's, there, well, I forgot the one where uh, he's watching the uh, the adult um, uh, special issue film, and he says something about you just got to expand your horizons. Yeah. Uh, that made me laugh. <laughs> you eat, you know, uh, trying, you know, we, oh, that's it. We both have something in common. We both eat Chinese, dick. Exactly. <laughs> Five fun facts. Ray, I'm sure you remember remember this. Clerks was followed by an attempt of a out of a live action TV show soon after its success. While a pilot was shot, it did not make it to air. However, an animated series did make it to air, but it hardly mm-hmm. fared better. Six episodes were produced, two were aired before the show was canceled. Have you seen those shows? I, I I have. It's been a very very long time. I'm honestly surprised the second one aired. Yeah, to be honest. Uh, I, I, not not a great effort out the gate. Not a great effort. Well, what do you want? It was on channel. It was on ABC for Christ's sakes. You can't curse. The whole theme of the show are two guys being wise asses and letting vulgarities fly. Now you're going to put it on a family-friendly channel 7, 8.30 p.m. time slot? What do you think sure. is going to happen? It's wild because it was a time cartoon, like you said, and so you know there's a lot more stigma. There's a lot more like ex- expectations of rapes. But, like, you know, this is a common thing that was done back in this era. Remember, they made a RoboCop, one of the most violent movies of the 80s, into an animated show that couldn't be violent at all. They turned Rambo. I was just going to say again, Rambo. One of the most yep. violent series of all time into it. Yeah, into an animated show where literally nothing could happen. They turned MC Hammer, one of the crassest, most obscene stage performers of his era, not known for playing nice at all. Uh, uh They called him <laughs> Hammer Man. I mean, you could pretty much assume that. And they turned him into a cartoon. I could be lying about his stage persona. The point I'm trying to make here is <laughs> turning cartoons out of adult properties, uh, it was very, very common. I'm sure there's a ton more examples. Those just Michael happened Jordan. to be the ones off the top of my head. Yeah. Michael, they, the pro stars, Michael Jordan. Yeah. A-team was a goal. Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Mr. T with a van load of gymnasts. Yep. Uh, Wayne Gretzky weird. and Bo Jackson. Those were the pro stars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, these are, if, if you like those shows, check out Knowing is Half the Podcast, the right. GI Joe recap show, where we've also talked about lots of cartoons from the 80s and 90s. Find Knowing is Half the Podcast wherever you podcast. God Add damn it, over- Ray. I will show you when the time the plug is. Not now. <laughs> when, when Smith shot the film, it had a different ending where the movie now ends was followed by a scene of Dante being shot dead by a robber. The ending was screened but was considered too dark. Smith agreed to cut it. I watched the deleted scene. It had absolutely no place in this film whatsoever. A wise move by Kevin Smith. I don't even know why he wrote that. How do you have a dick and fart joke comedy go from, oh, the main character gets shot for no reason, and we don't see who did it for what reason at the end. So, odd choice, but glad it didn't make it to the cut. It's a dark comedy, though. Like They go to a funeral at one point. There's an old guy who 
dies in the bathroom. It's not so out of character, but definitely didn't fit. Not that the ending that they actually went with fits either, uh, but we'll get there when we get there. And number three, in the only scene which Randall does any work, the clerk phones the distributor for the video store and reads a list of colorful pornography titles in front of a small child. Knowing that his mother would see the film, Anderson asked Smith to eliminate a few of the raunchier titles. Smith handed the list back to Anderson with a few titles added. Quintessential ball busting. Number four, once it was picked up by Miramax, Clerk got an alt-rock soundtrack featuring Bad Religion, one of the greatest bands ever to grace this fine country. Stabbing Westward, another fine band. And Soul Asylum, licensing the song costs more than producing the film. <laughs> Number five. Kevin Smith, secured a, Kevin Smith secured a place for Clerks at the 1993 independent feature film market, an event held at New York City's Angelica Film Center, all the way downtown, on the Clerks X featurette. Smith said he was crestfallen the in the Sunday night screening and that attracted few viewers beyond cast and crew. Fortunately, one of the moviegoers was Bob Hawk, an independent film consultant who served on the advisory selection of the Sundance Film Festival. Hawk touted the film to friends in the, in the indie cinema world, and it helped land a place at Sundance, where Harvey Weinstein, while not jerking off into a plant or harassing women... Saw it and lapped his balls off for 35 minutes. Says, I have to, but I have to buy this fucking film. And those are our fun facts. Now, let's get fun facts. Are, right? I, some of these sometimes are a little bit clunkers, but this time I didn't have to stretch and sell them. Thank you. Here we go. Let's get into it. Let's find out why the hell Ray hates this film, but we're going to have the crowd ask him in ask. Uh, gutter. I don't know what this is. At L Tech Zero says, what? And a gif of Randall saying, bunch of savages in this town. That counts as a statement. At Bango 2331, where do you come down on the Death Star question? Pause. I'll, I'll, Ray, that's, the question goes to you first. The Death Star question, I... I agree with the contractor who came in. Like, uh, you make a choice when you're the Death Star. You right. know, th th this is no different than being contracted on any other, like, uh, a military vessel, uh, much less something the size of a small moon that has already been known to destroy planets. If you're installing plumbing in the Death Star, you are just as guilty, in my mind, as anyone else on that space station. A fact check. It's not a moon. It's a space station. Thank you. You think I was going to let that not Obi-Wan Kenobi spot just evaporate without that opportunity taken? Silly. He follows up by I saying... put it on the T right there for you. That's too old fastball. I'm going to take deep every time. He follows up by saying, I think the premise is flawed and rests on the assumption that the Empire would use contractors for a secret project. Furthermore, fuck them. We wouldn't feel bad for contractors building concentration camps, Right. Exactly that. Yeah, but do you think they're having Germans build concentration camps? I think they're probably pulling off Jews, gypsies, whomever, and building, making them build it. That's my assumption. Well, I mean, that here's, no here's the deal. I, I, even in some of the later movies, the the threequel, uh, the the squeakquel, if you will, uh, we 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 definitely do not see any stormtroopers or imperial soldiers like you know uh, installing plumbing or doing you know AC ducts. So. You know, I have to, it's a good assumption. I think that they are contractors. Uh, that being said, you're probably right. They might not be there, uh, uh, totally on their own will. 
at the Newark Knight, Brandon Oglesby, the title, sorry, the quote, title does not dictate behavior, still rings true for me this day. Is there a quote that observes human behavior that you think still rings true to this day? Oh, wow. That is, that is a heady philosophical question. I think I have, if I'm just going off the top of my head, uh, there, there's two. There's the one very famous one, uh, some men love to see the world burn, uh, right. from the dark night. Uh, very, very popular. The other comes from one of my favorite movies, Army of Darkness. It just says good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Here's one that I think really holds true. And we did it recently in this very podcast. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill from Blade. It's fair. He follows up by saying, also, did you Google any of the movie titles rattled off by Randall, hoping that they were real? <laughs> no and no. Well, a young Kevin Goatee had a radio station, a radio show back in his days at college, and him and his friends thought it'd be a hilarious prank on air. It was to call various adult bookstores in the area asking if they had those different titles, two of which people asked me, quote, what are they about? (laughs) (laughs) And can how do I order that? Kid you not. Imagine calling. That is not something I would want in my search history on Google. Can you imagine again, a 19 year old me trying to hold a laugh as my friends are sitting around me in a studio laughing? I say, do you have all holes filled with hard cock? <laughs> I can't imagine it. I can imagine it very vividly. I bet you, I, listen, it's on a far, it's on a bridge too far at Bjorn the Viking, Ken Bjorn Turner. What's up, Bjorn? Love him. It laid the groundwork for other View Askew productions, which were World's Better Question, which is Ray's favorite Kevin Smith film. You know, I was just having this conversation last night talking about doing this show, and I think most Kevin Smith movies are not very good. Mm. In the, the one that really sticks out to me is the one I enjoyed the most is uh, Dogma. Uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which being there's a poop monster in there. Sure. And you put a poop monster in your movie, you're probably going to get Ray on board, at least somewhat with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not a, a Jersey girl chasing oh, Amy, Mall Rats, Clerks 2. Like, I was thinking back to all the Kevin Smith stuff, and and I love Kevin Smith, the, 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 the person. I, I think he's a really good comic book writer. I think his, again, some of the one-liners in this are excellent. When it comes to him making movies as influential and as excitable as I, I found some some of this back in the 90s when it was new and fresh and everybody in the world didn't have a camera in their pocket at all times capable of making a movie better than Clerks. Um, I, I you know, I, I, I appreciate what he did, what he did for the genre, what he did and everything, but I just don't like his movies very much. Okay. All right. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's, but I did like Dogma. I thought Dogma was a lot of fun. All right. Well, I thought that was the worst one of the bunch, actually. A lot, you know, everybody else thinks so too. So I don't know what's going on with that. Well, he also did a bunch of serious films like Red State and Walrus. If you caught those, those were pretty much, those are very off the beaten path for him. One of them, he, uh, Justin Long gets drugged by, uh, Michael Park getting into his house. He's here for a podcast interview and Michael Park can then decides that it's, it'd be a good little fun exercise to convert Justin Long into a walrus, a human walrus. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see why I missed that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. He's also in Die Hard th- 4, if you recall that one. Anywho's. 
Anywho's onward and also the he directed cop oh, the the buddy cop film with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis that was goddamn terrible. Uh, did he? Oh jeez. Yeah. At the big Nick J, why is it Almighty Ray and I are the only ones who can acknowledge that this movie is overrated? Oh, I think by the end of this episode, a lot more than just the two of us will feel that way. All right. At Delvin Cox, first question, where the hell is Reclaim Detroit? Reclaim Detroit's already out by the time you're listening to this, so what's up, Delvin Cox? Oh, you paid him to fucking bait and asking that question to get this. Uh, hey, you can go to VampireDetroit.com <laughs> and you can learn more. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, my second question is, since you do not like Clerks, what is your favorite Kevin Smith film and your least favorite? So you already kind of said Dog was your favorite. What's Dog, your but, least favorite? Oh, man. I think, boy, they're, they're all on a certain level of, of terrible. Uh, Clerks is definitely towards the bottom. Just, and I, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Chasing Amy also was one that really hit me just wrong when it came out. And I was like, this is, this is a pile of doo doo. I do not, I do not care for any aspect of this movie. Same. All right. Then don't go watch a Jane Silent Bob reboot. Clerks 2, not good. Clerks 3, pretty decent. Wait, there's uh, a third one? It just came out last year. Yeah. It's, uh, uh it, it's very different than what it is, and it's a nice, pleasant surprise. You know, it makes me wish for that original ending to the first one. Ah, you, that's, <laughs> well, okay. At Taco Shirt Krillin, I actually thought the Clerks cartoon show was pretty funny. So you were one of the eight people and definitely thought it was better than the movie. That is preposterous. I don't think it got a fair chance. I did see all the Clerk episodes. They had them on Netflix DVDs. I said, what the hell? But I did remember watching when they came out and said, this is not good. Are there any movies that had a TV adaptation that you prefer over the source material. Oh, wow. You know, and I'll say it, uh, uh this is a very, this is very, uh, a uh, big shot. But back when Animal House came out, a movie that I, oh boy, want Don't to like, but did it. not really, that movie does not hold up. Let me just put it out there. Okay. It uh, for does. the year 2023, there are many aspects of that movie that did not hold up. But when I was younger, they showed, I want to say on like TBS at like seven in the morning, they showed the Animal House TV show called Delta House, mm -hmm. which I very much enjoyed a lot more than the movie itself. I thought the original movie was gross, and it turns out it's extra gross uh, when you think about it with modern eyes. Uh, Delta House, though, took some of the fun aspects of it, as I remember from when I was younger, and 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 kept the fun without it being overly gross, and that made me happy, so that's the one I'm going to go with. Probably about the seventh one if I thought about it, like, you know, number seven of ten, but I'm, that's what I'm going to go with for this episode. Do you recall Central Park in fall? Now, funny, I just sung that, <laughs> sang that song because Ferris Bueller had a TV show. Oh, he did. Oh, my God. With Jennifer Aniston was Sloan Peterson. Oh, and I mentioned it, her MASH. What are we even talking about? The MASH movie is, to me, not Terrible. very good. Turned it not off. Not very good. But the TV show is one of those modern classics like, you know, Friends or Seinfeld. Friends. Yeah. Well, whether you like those shows, those, yeah, I those, know. I understand your, your, big your shows. comparison. At Joe Loves Cam, does a 22, does 22 year old you stop someone who filleted 37 men or let bygones be bygones? Oh, 22 year old me would not care even a little bit. Let me tell you, much older. <laughs> I think I know why. Still would not care even a little bit. <laughs> I say live your life. There is no shame in having fun. 
and being young and li- and living how you want to live. You know, it's just like salt and pepper. Uh, 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 push it uh, real good. Say. No. Push it real good. Uh, uh, no, wait, hold on. What's the fuck? Okay. God damn it. You need a man, a man, a mighty, mighty man. That one, right? That's what you're talking about. That song. No, you know, it's, 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 it's salt and pepper said, uh, very famously, it's none of your business. No. Well, 37, if she comes straight home from a gangbang, that's a lot of slack to offer her. If that no, is, if the she, case. if, yeah, if she's coming straight home from 37, maybe there's a conversation that will eventually take place. But uh, please, I say you be you, you would go have fun and you, you get good at it. Get good. Yeah. Keep practicing at your craft. And for Christ's sakes, use those tissues you have in your glove compartment before coming in the house, you goddamn animal. That's right. Malcolm Gladwell said it takes 10,000 hours. hours. <laughs> I understand Crest, Crest white chips are 50 bucks a pop on Amazon, but listen, 37 loads in the mouth are not going to bleach your teeth. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. But and he- get pregnant. Hey, oh, that's right. As David Tell said, your mouth can't get, your mouth's not pregnant. <laughs> and, hey, would you blow me? Have you ever been low enough at a point to jerk off in a convenience store bathroom? No. <laughs> I have this, I have this, I have this thing called a modicum of self-control. It's like, it's like the guys who would buy adult magazines to take with them on the airplane. Like what? <laughs> what kind of a problem do you have? So, but Raiden said just watches Showgirls and makes weird eye contact with the guy in the middle seat, giggling as Elizabeth, as Elizabeth Banks or Berkeley, I should say, starts shaking her tits and goes, "He he he he." Well, we've all done that, right? I mean, what kind of piker are you if you don't? I don't know. We're the weirdest place I've jerked off. I gotta really think about that. I know. I actually, I've got one. It was a, uh, when we were pledging, we had to go, we couldn't stay in our dorms, we had to crash in other people's dorms. And this girl I went to high school with, her sister went to our, our, our university. And I said, Sue, I need to use your shower. And it was just, I, I, you know, you're in the, you're, they make you live in the fraternity house. And I was like, well, got a little bit of private time here and just took care of business. You know what? Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's, you know, that we, we, I mean, for me, it was Iraq, but <laughs> different lives. Iraq. Aren't you worried about dust getting inside your hoo-ha? That's got to be a, a, a giving yourself a chicken cutlet while your legs are agape. <laughs> agape. The Taliban's coming and so am I. hey All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the statute of limitations on certain things are, so I'm not getting into this conversation. Let me guess. It was, it, it, it was, it was in the old Tiger Stadium when I, right in the bottom of the fifth thing, right when, uh, Lou Whitaker and Alan Tremble took, turned the old 6-4-3 DP and the lot and the Tigers only down 17-1 in the third inning. That's when the last time that happened. Uh, let me tell you though, 14 year old Ray had to go to the trough and take care of business. And yes, it was a trough. I have not been to a stadium where they had the trough. I've heard, I heard Wrigley has them. I've heard you have them. I think Boston has them. I have not well, experienced I mean, not anymore. Oh. Tiger Stadium is long gone, well, but when America. it was a thing, yeah. there were troughs in every. Ba- it's like basically, and for the kids at home, you Gen Zers out there, a, a tr- it's basically a giant bathtub, and then we would all just stand around it and pee in it. That's how bathrooms used to work, ladies and gentlemen. My question is, did they at least class the joint up and throw some ice in there, or was it just straight nitro piss? No, just bee stickers everywhere. It was crazy. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. I thought it'd be funnier if they had a big old bullseye with an Ohio State emblem inside of it to really help you guys See, improve your, your, your aims. No, they don't want people taking a dump in there. 
Fair point. Let's listen. This is the part where we get to have everybody shout out their plugs because no one listens to the end of podcast. Race to Canis. Let's hear it now. What are you up to? What are you working on? Go. You've heard a couple of the things already, but I'll say them again. Knowing is half the podcast, the uh, G.I. Joe recap show. If you like G.I. Joe or cartoons from the 80s and 90s and you want to hear folks having fun, uh, recapping cartoons, making jokes, going on side conversations, myself, Robert Clark Chan, and TV's Gina Ippolito uh, uh, are all over it. We're having a good time with it. You like cartoons. If you like vampire-themed audio dramas, boy, have I got a show for you. It's called Reclaimed Detroit. A Vampire the Masquerade audio drama, and that is a written by me, produced by me, hello, uh, original music, and an all-star, I can only say an all-star voice uh, acting uh, group, uh, playing all of the characters, uh, people from, a lot of names you would recognize from Who Would Win, because that's how I met most of them, but it's a whole bunch of very talented professional voice actors came in and are doing a thing for me as a favor, and as long as they keep saying, yes, I'm going to keep making the show, it's a lot of fun. Episode 6 just came out after a year since episode five so get on that right now i hope you enjoy it and finally the who would win show you can go to who would win show.tv to learn more but it's wherever you podcast myself and james gabsey my co-host we will debate uh who would win in a fight between two characters from comics science fiction uh tv movies you know everything video games we just to pick two characters they're gonna fight we're gonna debate back and forth about who's gonna win and a judge like Gutting the Sacred Cows, Kevin Goatee, who was just on the show himself, yep. uh, will decide once and for all who would win. What a hoot nanny. My dear, dear friend, Lynette Palladino, what are you up to? Uh, nothing. I've got shows. I'm headlining in Boston the beginning of December. Uh, there's a really fun Army Navy comedy show that is happening the night before the army navy game um so you guys should all come out because uh army is gonna kick ass on that one uh and then uh that's it just follow me on the on the gram i got a a reel currently blowing up um i think it was at seven hundred thousand views this morning uh and it has seemed to hit southeast asia because there's a (laughs) lot of Southeast Asian men telling me <laughs> I'm not funny <laughs> oh, in the, the comments. The lady boys are trashing your video. How dare they? My favorite one so far was rest in peace humor. Uh, and then just shit. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Uh, oh, it was so fun for me. I, um, I honestly was like, at first, you have to identify whether these are real accounts or just bots. Um, but these looked like they were real people because oh. the people that followed them all had the same last name as them. <laughs> that's right. that's strange to hear because usually uh, 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 women comedians have such an easy time online. <laughs> exactly. Get up and show your beaver. That is, can we get better as a species, ladies and gentlemen? Can we stop all this nonsense? Let people do their things. Right. Dear Lord. I want you to go out right now. Not go out. You're going to sit right on your ass or when you're having a, an aforementioned colon cleanser, if you're going to get your colonoscopy in the next Boy. week or so. 
Talk about tying that baby back in there. We're talking about list. anybody right now. <laughs> and write a five-star rating, two or three sentence review on gutting the sacred cows, all the podcasts, which is one of the podcast platforms. Make sure you grab a look over what we're up to at the YouTube channel. If you want to advertise with us, that's gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com. Tell a friend, why not? Why not? Just we, we have a good old laugh every, you know, week or so, an hour and change of your time where we pick a great film. Friends pick a great film. They tell us why it's overrated or hate. We're trying to figure out are they full of it or not. But then again, the twist is it has to be widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. Guttingthesacredcow.com to pick up some sweet-ass merch. And why not check out Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber? I am 160, 104, 62%. This is an insane year I'm having. Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber on YouTube and all podcast platforms running every single week of the NFL. And yes, Race to Canis, I have teased your Detroit Lions yet again two different times. Teased in the minus one, as well as your boy Jamison Williams over one and a half catches and David Montgomery over 66 and a half rushing yards. And it's going to all of them hit. Thank you. Yeah. Look, if you're a gambler, you should probably just be betting on the Lions right now. Not even joking. Jared Goff is is the best against the spread quarterback to bet on. That is a fact. He's well over 65%. Jared Goff always answers. Well, not in the Super Bowl and he'll play for the Rams. Anyway, let's go. Let's hear the good news. Let's see. Let's see if Ray's going to try and tack an absolute gem of New Jersey. Lynette and I's uh, home state right now. Lynette, let's welcome Ray and see if he can indeed gut. The sacred cow. Okay, so I sit down to watch Clerks on the Paramount Plus app, which is the one you know that you should probably cancel your subscription for so you don't accidentally see it. And you get an animated clown's ass 10 seconds into the viewing of this movie. And at that moment, I realized I should have picked a different movie. I don't want to watch this right now. <laughs> and I, There's a clown's ass to open any movie. You're in bad, bad shape. Only, uh, you know, Clerks and I believe uh, Schindler's List. The only two movies I could think of that open with the clown's ass. Uh, don't, oh. don't uh, check that. Mm-hmm. The acting in this movie is some of the most dreadful abysmal fifth grade acting class bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. Dante himself clearly must have been a family friend of Kevin Smith. I have no idea who this actor is. I did not look it up because, again, I don't want to accidentally realize I'd seen any more of his work. He is the most unlikable protagonist of any media that I have ever seen before. I'm going to tell you right now that leading Nightcrawler is more delightful than this guy. (laughs) I would argue that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is a guy I'd rather have a beer with than Dante from Clerks. He is absolutely a train wreck. There is nothing good about him. He has an anger problem. He doesn't apply himself in any way. He has no redeemable features other than he's a punching bag slash pincushion for the entire world around him. That does not make something good. That does not make something entertaining. That does not make something watchable. I get real vibes of Martin Freeman from the British office just getting annihilated with nothing, no comeback of any kind. Episode after episode after episode, and that's why the American office is better. I'm going to go ahead and put that down there as well. But yes, all of the <laughs> By the way, by a, a pause, I completely agree. The American office destroys the British version. Gervais is, solid, Gervais is solid, but he's the only character in that that is funny and enjoyable. 
Thank and you. I don't even find him funny or enjoyable. I remember one of the final episodes involved, like, you know, you keep waiting for Martin Freeman. This is a side tangent. You keep waiting for Martin Freeman to have any moment of comeback. Any, right. any, any good moment, anything to get over to keep me watching the show. Walking Dead learned this the hard way. You can't just keep beating people for season after season and think people are going to keep coming back. And I just remember the one episode when I tuned out was when Ricky Gervais during like the snowstorm ties his shoes together and throws them on the roof of the building. And then they laugh and they run away. And I say, I'm not watching this anymore. That's Dante <laughs> in Clerks, except Martin Freeman is one bazillion times better actor. Because I felt pathos for him. I mm-hmm. don't feel bad for Dante when the world takes a dump on his head. Also, the soundtrack aside, this is one of the most 90s movies you're ever likely to see. I was thinking this and Swingers. Uh, and there's a handful of other of these sort of Hackers. independent 90s films. Hackers is a very 90s film. That's wonderful. But Thank this you. movie is so 90s that it sweats Surge Cola. Um, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> gross. Uh, and what is, what, what is the thing with the coffee and the pig in the opening scene? In the cold open, he wakes up to start his day. I'm assuming he's hung over in some way. He goes to this pig, uh, cookie tin, pulls open the top of it, pours, I'm assuming scoops of raw coffee in there, pours milk or half and half in top, and then just drinks the entire thing. That's not a thing anyone has ever done in <laughs> life at any point whatsoever. You that, want to talk about starting off a character unlikable? That's a way to do it. That's that's bad. But if you rewatch, we did for the podcast, Never Ending Story. The psychotic dad puts two eggs in a raw eggs in a in, in a cup, mixes them, and drinks the raw eggs. That sounds like something that Rocky would do, though. That's exactly what I was about. Apollo Creed. Now I put it on a T for you, Ray, and you'd also yep. answer the bell. Like you're gonna put a Rocky ref in front of me. I'm gonna take it every day. Thunder lips. The point I'm trying to make here is also, this is a thing that also killed me. About nine times, somebody just walks into the convenience store and says, pack of cigarettes, no brand, no brand. Who walks into it anywhere and says, I would like a pack of cigarettes? Do these same people walk into a bar and just say, one beer, good sir? You, no. You, you that... We, I worked in a restaurant bar and whenever someone would walk in there, my buddy had the best line. He go, well, what flavor? He goes, give me a beer. He goes, what flavor? <laughs> Same That's thing. Good. But you can't go pack a Marlboro's because obviously it's, you know, advertising for them. So hence the running so joke. So what? And the average, the running joke being, Hey, they had the whole cigarette thing in the beginning with the pig lung and the trach ring and all that. And it's all the, after all that, after all that lecturing about why cigarettes are bad for you, ah, I'm just going to keep coming getting cigarettes. That, that's the running joke. Keep doing it. It was, it was, it, it drove, you know, here's the deal. I used to work in a, in a, a family restaurant as a bartender and only one time, one time did somebody walk in and say one beer, please. And I had looked and I asked for their IDs and they didn't have one. So I said, I'm sorry. I- I cannot serve you. And about 10 minutes later, a gentleman walked in and said, you passed the inspection. I was being raided by underage people (laughs) trying to bust me and throw me in prison. That's the only, so every single time I'm like, this person doesn't look under the age of 16 or 18 or whatever the law was back then. This is an outrage. Just put a brand on it. Make up a brand. Just make something up. Nobody would ever go in and say one pack of cigarettes. You're a nerd if you've ever done that, please. And the clever dialogue. I will admit, there are plenty of lines. We got to it at the top of the show that are very funny. They're clever. Uh, there are things that are said back and forth. 
Uh, sure, absolutely. But so much of the dialogue in this movie is absolute cringe. What drives me crazy is because the acting is so terrible, no one is listening to anyone else when they talk. It's like an episode of Gilmore Girls on Speed. It's absolutely horrifying how it's just one line, one line, one line, one line, one line zinger. And it's no, stop. That's not how anybody talks. That's not how anything works at all. I watched this movie enraged because I felt like this movie paved the way for shit shows like Felicity and Gilmore Girls where you have pretentious conversation for the sake of being pretentious and it was infuriating like every single Wes Anderson film made I've never seen a Wes Anderson film to my oh no Rushmore I've seen Rushmore and I think you guys just did that movie we here did we also did Royal Tenenbaums so those are the only two that I'll allow because there you go. and I I, 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 I like I generally enjoyed Rushmore uh I think you know a, a look back I'll have to I haven't listened to that episode yet everybody at home stop this episode go listen to that one and come back <laughs> you're back yeah it probably wasn't cool. that good was it okay no. Now, uh, uh, that's the thing is, is in any acting class they will teach you that like over fifty percent of acting is reacting is listening deeply to what the other person is saying and then forming an emotional response to create your line, not just sitting there stone-faced, just waiting for them to stop talking so you can just blurt out your thing. You're not Ray Stacanus on a podcast, for God's sakes. You're an actor in a movie. It's absolutely outrageous. And, and why is this bodega, why is this convenience store so popular? Why are there 10 billion people shopping there every day? I can see why the owner would want to keep it open, considering the fact that it's, it's like McDonald's in the 90s with billions and billions served. It's absolutely ridiculous how popular this place is, given that the customer service is terrible. They often just close for no reason at all. And near as I can tell, they don't carry really anything of any merit whatsoever. Ah, it's it, it, everyone yeah, in this right. movie is. Yes. They're, they're right off Route 35, a very busy road in Jersey. It's an easy way to go. Oh yeah, I need cigarettes or I need to rent a movie. It's right off. I know exactly where it is. It's not. And, and, and great. Even at the very, very beginning, he can't get the shutters open, but like the door clearly says they're open. The door is unlocked. Why does he need to take a bed sheet and shoe polish? What, what employee would ever do that? I mean, ever the whole movie, everybody's talking about how he smells like shoe polish yeah. and he does because it's an absurd thing that no, especially a slacker. Like, I'm supposed to believe that on one hand, he has the greatest work ethic in the entire world in this job. And on the other hand, he's shutting down for an hour to go play hockey on the roof. You have to pick a lane with these characters and ride in that lane and make intelligent suggestions as a writer. I'm just saying, Kevin Smith, I'm calling you out. The other thing I want to say here is uh, 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 shut it down at noon. I, I didn't really understand that at first. I, I wrote it down being like, well, this isn't the Midwest. We don't close bars at noon. What are we talking about over here? Uh, and this movie made me realize, and, and this is once and for all, as a former roller hockey, roller blade, uh, player back in the 1990s, you know, mm -hmm. a little few years after this movie came out. Oh no, roller hockey's for assholes. It's shocking to the system. When I think back to all the fond times that I had as once <laughs> the worst player on a team full of Russians that were dominating everybody and what fun that was. And then being a slightly more better player, but all the Russians had graduated college. And so I was one of the, a mediocre player on a terrible team. And that wasn't very fun at all. And I think to myself, the entirety of that, the entirety of time of that, I was a piece of shit. I wish I wasn't. But unfortunately, if you ever played roller hockey, this movie has proven that you are as well.
I played uh, floor, I played street hockey. I couldn't do the rollerblades. That, that's the one we played a lot of street hockey, but not roller yeah. hockey. Got to got to get on the rollerblades, otherwise it's not real. No, I know. Quote unquote. And why did they let well. that? Why did they let that customer, this angry customer, just join the game with no rollerblades for right. any, any competitive sake? That's just not how anything. Did you bring rollerblades? Then get off of my roof. Because you knew, and I didn't even remember this from the movie, but you knew the second that he was going to have a chance to, he was going to rocket that ball off the roof as right. hard as he possibly could to try to get the store open. And at that point, I just would have thrown him off. I just would have thrown the man off the roof, probably in the back, so that way, you know, nobody would pay attention or notice and, and, and be happy about myself. But the most unbelievable part of this entire movie happens during that roller hockey scene. And I don't know if you noticed it. It was, ne- this has never happened in life. There was a human being wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. Yeah. <laughs> totally unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Totally unbelievable. And the bathroom guy. Let's talk about the guy who, spoiler alert, for a 30-year-old movie, dies in the bathroom. He is a, a stereotypical uh, creepy old man. And Dante has to say no to this guy. At any point, Dante has to just say, I'm sorry, sir. We have rules and policy. I cannot let you go take a, take a duke in the back uh, employee bathroom of the store. Because especially even as an employee, Dante is the one that would have to clean that up afterwards. I would never let a single person use the bathroom in the back. Never under any circumstances because I know if they pee all over the floor, I'm the one with the mop. Not acceptable, Dante. Again, you got to pick a lane and go with it. And he keeps coming back with one more filthy request after another. The dirty magazine he's given isn't quite dirty enough for him. Like, at what point, Dante, are you pushing the point again? Watching somebody get over and over and over again with never a pushback, with never an action to be taken in his own defense, uh, with never a plan in mind to get himself out of the situation. It's not particularly fun. And especially so in the case here. Oh gosh, I'm uproarious. My stitches are bursting with laughter because there's a man who is foul. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you got me with that one. You got to have more than that. Just having a guy be a dirty old man is not enough. I've seen enough anime from the 90s to know that you need a little bit more than that to make it work. And what is the funeral scene? Why did they, t- why do we stop them? Is it because we're trying to get to 91 minutes by the end of it? Why is there like five, seven minutes? tacked on to go to a funeral that they don't even really go to in the movie. We see them standing outside at a house, and then we say five minutes later, they're running outside the house because dude knocked over the casket? Like, under what circuit? They don't even elaborate what situation. Like, maybe it would have been funny, Kevin Smith, if we would have been able to see the events that transpired, which then caused I have an answer. I have an answer. They said they couldn't rent out the funeral parlor. Show me, don't tell me. Because <laughs> because it was too expensive to rent out, they're gonna have them drop something in the girl in the dead girl's cleavage, and they're gonna pull it out, and that was what knocked the casket over. But so the bottom line it was production costs, not because it was well, great, gonna be cute. So cut the scene, cut yeah. it. It didn't add a single thing to the movie other than runtime and the way that this movie was shot. Anyway, you could have just had still shots of weather vanes, and you could have just done the, the same effect, vanes. and it wouldn't have felt out of place. In any way whatsoever. Horrifying. And, uh, and they, she says, uh, you want to go to the beach? Uh, do you want to go to the beach? And it's nighttime. It's very clearly like, so who goes to the beach in Jersey at night, Kevin Goatee? I Everybody to have sex. Everyone has sex on the beach at night. That's what happens. Is, is that what they're doing out there? Yes. I wouldn't know. I've never been to a what, beach. What, the having sex part? <laughs> What's that? Said so they're no, never just, having sex you know, parties. You, you gotta admit some things on shows like this. That's fine. 
I was going to say, Lynette's no stranger getting a blanket on the beach down in Point Pleasant. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> See? <laughs> Good time. Yeah, you don't want to be trying any of that stuff on the beaches of Detroit. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. You don't want to follow the Detroit River by accident. It's like what the old, what's Not the old a thing joke? I'd wish on anybody. How about a funnel cake and a B, how about a funnel cake and a BJ? What? You don't like funnel cake? <laughs> no, I saw it coming and there was nothing I could do to stop it. It's, uh, it was delightful. Delightful. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Dante sucks. Let's just talk about that as well because mm-hmm. he is an absolutely controlling asshole. You know, when they have the conversation and that's not a great conversation to have with somebody while they're at work is how many women have you slept with and she's 13 or she's 12, whatever the heck it works out. I guess that's pretty normal for some, some people. Uh, I guess that seems like a lot when I was 22. The point <laughs> I'm trying to make here is that her having 37, but she doesn't like admit to it. So she's shady too. She says, how many, you know, women have you slept with? She says, I've only slept with three guys, but yeah, as we all know, but she's uh, blown 37 of them. (laughs) I think to to the spirit of the question, that is information that if she's the one asking in the first place, she should not be holding back that information. Don't ask the question at all. If you yourself are ashamed of what your answer might be. And I mentioned it before, don't do it at somebody's work. Don't go into somebody's job asking them sex questions. That's absolutely outrageous. Especially don't do it if you're not actually. In fact, if you're asking sex questions of anybody who's working under any circumstances, you are wrong. You're just wrong. And that's all I have to say about that. And also, I did the timing on this. Caitlin Bree, his three-year girlfriend, a five-year girlfriend, uh, and they've been missing for three years. He's 22, which means he was dating Caitlin from the ages of 14 to 19. Yeah. Didn't like that. Didn't really care for that at all. I, I don't like the, I, look, I, I, with, with young daughters at home for myself and for Kevin, mm-hmm. I could say the idea of even having to worry about that is excruciating. The idea of having to worry about that in middle school is more deeply more exhausting. Uh, scenario that I could ever dream up, but this is somebody who dated from 14 to 19. Get over it. Who, you know, 50% of all people, I don't know if you know about this, 50% of all people marry the very first person that they dated. And that goes a long way to explain the divorce rate in this country. I, I'll just put it out there right now. 50% and you think about it. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. And then I started thinking about the people in my own life. And roughly 50% of the people that I knew growing up in the Midwest got married to the first person who ever touched their wangus. And so, yes, yes, some people just can't get away, I guess. Either way, 14 to 19, uh, uh, horrifying. This just turned into an, anth- like- this, how did this turn into an anthropological discussion about divorce rates and all this other shit about a movie about dick and fart jokes? Because you had me on, Kevin. That's how it works. We're going to go places. <laughs> all right. We're, we're going to explore facts and figures. And excitement. I do like the fact that Caitlin shows up and what a piece of shit Dante is. He immediately is like, I'm going to dump my current girlfriend who literally brought me lasagna to work for this girl who cheated on me the whole time I was together, didn't talk to me much for the last three years, and I didn't find out that she was engaged to somebody else till I read it in the newspaper. Remember the newspaper? Remember when a newspaper was a thing? Hey, remember yeah. when a payphone was a thing? When you see a payphone... Outside in the real world right now, the first thing I think to myself is, oh, there must be homeless people around here. It's absolutely uh, 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 disgusting. And none of them work. None of them even have receivers anymore. Let's get rid of them. That's, you know what? I'm a one-issue candidate. Get rid of all the phone booths in the world. Uh, they're eyesores. We don't need them. We live in the, in the year 2023. And let's put charging stations where those phones used to be. Vote for me. I think I just won the election, actually. Now that I think about it. But Dante leaves to go get dressed up 
so he can go to the beach with uh, Caitlin and go ride a blanket or, or whatever you were saying right there. Have some funnel cake. And he comes back to the store dressed in the ugliest Christmas sweater <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. That's his version of getting, as if I couldn't dislike this man more. His idea of getting dressed up for Bonin involves wearing grandma's knitting. No, 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 no. Someone uses his gift card from Chess King at the mall and got that sweater. You know what? I I thought we were going to go all episode without getting a Chess King reference, but here we are. Listen, if you had the under, guess what? You lost a lot of money on that vig. <laughs> it was it was point five, and I would have bet I would have bet the under in a heartbeat. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Minus four fifty. Well, it. there you go. You lose. Sorry. And as ridiculous and implausible and horrifyingly banal as this movie is, uh, Caitlin is told by Randall in the store that Dante is not there. She is specifically told he's on the way, he's getting changed, he's coming from home, he will meet you here. Then she goes in the bathroom and ha-ha giggles, has sex with the old dead horny guy, (laughs) and then comes back out saying, oh, Dante was so good. Lady, you were told he wasn't there. You should have had no expectation that Dante was there whatsoever. Have a little bit of pride in yourself. And I guess that character didn't necessarily have a lot of pride in herself. And that's fine. Again, ladies, you do what you want to do. You go have fun and don't let other people spoil your, your cupcakes. The point I'm trying to make in all this is there is no, there was no expectation of why, uh, 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 of Dante even being there. So for her to come out so sure of herself that she just, this man was bald. He was 55. He had a pot belly. He was about a foot shorter than Dante. Absolutely. Look, as a bit, did it make me laugh back in 1994? Sure. Does it make any sense, register on any level, uh, writing-wise, humor-wise now? It absolutely does not. And that's what this movie really is all about. It's people making implausible choices and then sitting in them, and I'm supposed to laugh at their misery. That's not how I work. Again, we... We then proceed to have a fight scene because now Caitlin is traumatized. They find the dead guy and, uh, and Randall and Dante are now fighting because, Do- <coughs> excuse me, because Randall told Veronica, his real girlfriend, about the Caitlin situation and blabbed all about it. And we proceed to have perhaps the worst fight scene that I've seen <laughs> since Steven Seagal refused to get up out of a chair to fight a man. That's what we're talking about right here. It's two men sprawled on the ground, grabbing candy bars and slapping them each other in the back of the uh, head with them. Absolutely worthless. As most of this movie is, do you is think two best friends? Do you think two best friends are going to trade haymakers and drop kick each other in the face? No, from New Maybe Jersey, one thousand percent. They're not Italian. Calm down. Y'all throw batteries at people on baseball fields. Excuse of me. Excuse of me. That is Philadelphia. Do. That is not us. Those that happened in the, the World fans. Series. Uh, check your math in 1999 I, between the New York Yankees and Atlanta Braves. That is not Game Jersey. three. Don't you test I me was on this there. Stuff, Kevin. <laughs> they were throwing batteries. You were the one who threw the battery. No. <laughs> like, no wonder you're so eager to pretend you didn't. <laughs> That's Philadelphia. Philly we fans. got him, everybody. Sting operation over. We found the man. We found the culprit. We got him on tape. Uh, by the way, by the way, Ray, uh, let me explain what a World Series is. So because as a Droid fan, you know nothing about this. That is when two teams win all the games to go to play the final championship. And then the winner 
has a parade at the end. So as a Detroit fan, I know it's a foreign concept for you. So I am old enough cool. to remember 1984, sir. And I'm not talking about the Orwell novel. <laughs> a wonderful year for baseball. Speaking of Alan Trammell oh, that was and Lou the year. Whitaker. Yeah. Speaking, oh, the, yeah. The was 1.5 on Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker references. And you lost that one too. If you took the under shame on you, you should know that you should have podcast better than that. You should know this podcast better than that. And, and, and look, and, and I'll wrap it up by just saying it ends, it ends. We talked about the ending and I wish it would have ended with him being shot because it would have meant no more clerks material <laughs> for the rest of time. It ends with just them having a conversation, them being like, all right, well, I guess we're still friends. And then Randall just dancing out of the store, roll credits. Nothing got resolved. He, Dante has about five problems at one time during this movie and not a single one of them got resolved. Look, I'm no Hollywood writer, even though I'm a writer and live in Hollywood. That's <laughs> upsetting. The point I'm trying to make here is you're supposed to have what's called resolution in your scripts. Any point at all, anything that we've been targeting this entire movie, if you want to at least have something resolved, I would say that would help the product. <laughs> at the end of the day, could you imagine a Star Wars movie where, like, you know, uh, the bad guys aren't defeated and one of them is end up being captured and, and one of them, like, would, like, lose an appendage and then they just end the movie? That's terrible writing. No one would be happy with that ending. And that's how I felt at the end of Clerks, minus the lightsabers. He this did say, a- he did say, we'll meet after you talk. Well, let's get a bite to eat after you go meet with them. That they have to figure it out. They'll talk it out. You just can't have it. Let's, well, let's have Veronica and fucking Dante figure it out for the 15 minutes. No, we don't need to see that. We don't care. But have them break up then. Have them officially just like have a blowout, have anything happen, and then have a man come in and shoot Dante. I'd be getting to more and more understand <laughs> that ending and appreciate it for the art that it truly would have been. Look, at the bottom line is, This is a movie that was very inspirational to an entire generation of Gen Xers who made us all want to get into film, want us all to get into movies. This is the thing that kind of helped around the same time Quentin Tarantino was doing his things Mm -hmm. uh, in this early uh, to mid-90s racket. This is where film became exciting for an entire generation because we saw movies like this that thought, if anybody can do this bullshit, we can also do this bullshit now. But as inspirational, as influential as Clerks is, it's a poorly written, poorly directed, poorly acted movie. And if you can't do any one of those things right, I could see why they needed to uh, bring in a soundtrack of 90s hits to give it anything worth watching a second time. This is an abomination of a film and people need to stop pretending that it was good. One to ten. One. I, I can't. Wow. I, I would go one. I would say, look, look again, bad writing, bad acting, bad directing. One. That's what you give. I put this on a par with movies like Thanks Killing about the, uh, the turkey puppet that comes to life and, uh, murders an entire suburban family. Uh, I would put it on the level of, what is it? Uh, the Goldberg, uh, uh, Santa Claus uh, slasher movie. That's where Clerks belongs. No, in the this is not as bad as this is not worse than Napoleon Dynamite. Cut the bullshit. It's not. Here's the deal. It's on. It's on the same level as Napoleon Dynamite. All right. I I, I just can't have that film ranked as bad. All right. Maybe I would give this a one and Napoleon Dynamite a zero point nine just to make you happy because there were a couple <laughs> of good one liners in this movie and that did not exist in Napoleon Dynamite. No. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Lynette Palladino, your honor, your honor. Uh, I mean, I'm with Ray on this. It doesn't age well. It's not even like the nostalgia or the the novelty of the way the movie is made. I don't find any of it impressive. I cannot get past the bad acting. The, I love the way this, the, I actually really enjoyed the way it was shot. I do not the quality of the film, but the way it was shot. I enjoyed, but the dialogue is just atrocious. I, I mean, if your whole thing is that these are two, guys who aren't living up to their full potential then i don't know maybe slightly i better acting would have sold that to me a little more uh from what i read uh dante's character was acting in a community theater and uh randall's character was played by a friend 
Just, just, just he his worked, high school he buddy. In, he, he worked in the mailroom of AT and T. Hence the AT and T shirt he had on. Yeah, it, and uh, I mean, I love that. That's sweet. But it's like if you're gonna dump twenty five thousand dollars into a movie and max out eight credit cards, get somebody better. Give them a portion of the royalties. Get fucking anything. It's a it's a three week shoot. It took them twenty one days to make. It's not that big a commitment. You could have found somebody. I mean, I get it. We didn't have the internet in nineteen ninety four, but damn like it was the acting is just atrocious and by the way i looked up all the cast members none of them are aging well <laughs> you mean jason using his false teeth are not holding up to your high standards Oof. um i and i i'm probably going to go to puerto rico hell for saying this but the the one marilyn who plays veronica is of puerto rican descent she was 31 in that movie well you yeah. see- you see her in Clerks 3, and let's really fast forward the lens of life. Oh, I can imagine, because <laughs> I peeped her Instagram before this. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, whoa, is that my future, too? Oh, no. Did you have the same reaction as John Belushi in Animal House when they showed a picture of uh, Flounder? <laughs> when they showed all the slides? I mean, God love her. She seems like a real sweet lady, but uh, it was... It was, it's, it's, it's a tough watch. I also, there, you, it could have been 75 minutes and that would have been long enough. I mean, there's the, the weird woman that comes in and talks about how she manually masturbates animals. Like why? It was so unnecessary. That was a throwaway shock value joke. By the way, that was played by his sister. Fun fact. And then the, the little girl that ends up getting him fined. The, the mother called in a report. Well, why was your four-year-old unsupervised in a convenience store? Like, on what planet does that story make sense? At least make the kid eight, not fucking four. Like, it just... And, yeah. I, I'd even bring up the guy with the eggs. I it just That's like an overly long scene that goes nowhere with virtually no payoff. Other than guidance counselors have mental problems. Like that's the entire point. And it's like a five minute scene. Unnecessary. It is not five minutes. It's exactly. It's 75 minutes long. Just that one scene. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I mean, Kevin, I texted you during the opening montage. I was like, I immediately regret signing on to this. (laughs) I felt bad for the dog. I legit felt bad for the dog. I was like, it seems like it's 12 in the afternoon and this dog hasn't been walked or fed. And he's like, the dog you see in the opening scene for five tenths of a second, you feel bad for that dog. Yes. Because the implication from the scene is that this guy stumbles out of his closet and is like barely coherent on the phone. And you're like, well, if you have this dog who like, I mean, you don't know yet that he lives at home with his mother still. Like, this is all news. Also, fuck him for daring to leave a woman that would bring you lasagna. (laughs) And change his tire out in the rain. But I held the umbrella. That's hilarious. Nah, she had me at lasagna. Halfway through the movie, the movie should have been over. Like, you're right, honey. (laughs) The way to my heart is through my stomach. (laughs) You know what? Now that I know what I know, though, you know, any 31 year old who goes to date a 22 year old guy, 
Uh, she, you know, that's on, that's on her. That's on well, her at that point. I'm sure she wasn't 31 in the movie. That's just no. who they got to play her. She's from Sayreville, New Jersey. Uh, uh, they are all Dante's from Manhattan, but everybody else obviously are Jersey, are Jersey people. Yeah. It was, it was just tough. Just, and I can't imagine anyone being so frequently rude to customers as Randall. Like, it's being a douche for the sake of being a douche. If you've like, worked enough restaurant jobs, you'll understand why. i worked restaurant. I've worked retail. Yeah. I'm a fucking stand-up comic. Yeah. Uh, just because you're angry about life doesn't mean you get to take it out on everybody else. When you get dickhead people asking shitty questions or rude to you, like, uh, I asked for ranch four seconds ago. No, but that's different. Those are people like right. those, he's being rude to people first. Right. No, I hear you. No, no. Not, that's I, not what an Alec. I also worked a long time in retail and a long time in restaurants. And you, you have to, ma- you match their energy. Yeah. If they're dickheads, then you get a little bit of, then you get the Midwest snark from me. And that's going to start coming Bless out. Bless your heart. I, oh, I'm going to start. I'm going to start making I, one of my favorite things about being a bartender in the in, in the Detroit area was that uh, I'd have customers. They would come in. I'd match the energy. I'd be snarking them to their face and they wouldn't have any idea. So I eventually uh, a guy was doing that and I was just like asking questions. I was fucking with him the entire time. And then finally he goes to the bathroom and the person sitting next to him and just turns to me and goes, he has no idea that you're destroying him yeah. every second you're talking to him. Yeah. And I'm like, Shh, don't tell him. Bless his heart. My favorite is when people that were asshole customers and then they would tip and they, of course, be nothing. And then you change them, chase them. You "You forgot this. You left this behind. You obviously need it more than I do. Yeah. I've seen that happen many times. That's how you get fired. Yeah. It's a 90 minute film. I counted it up. I laughed 12 times out loud and I gave, I would give them an extra point for having a metal version of Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I knew that would strike your fancy. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, that's just that laugh rate is not enough to sustain me through the movie. If when you have to deal with so much in be- bullshit in between, like you're almost distracted waiting for something entertaining to happen as opposed to just enjoying the film. Okay. What uh what number do you have one to ten for us, Lynette? Uh I mean I'll be a little kinder than Ray. I'll say a six. Maybe there's a chance I could still be in a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> Are you his daughter? Then the answer is no. <laughs> These notes, of course, brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find a cool hat, t-shirt, mug. And you, I said before, and I can't stress it enough, I love when you write those five-star ratings, two or three sentence reviews. I screenshot them, put them up. I appreciate it. And most importantly, thank you for giving us an hour and change of your time every week. Notes. No one falls asleep in a closet, okay, unless you are drunk or a potential serial killer that fell asleep on the job. The the prospect of working in a convenience store has the same allure as shoveling elephant shit into a tornado. (laughs) It would have taken one one hundredth of the time to get a pair of bolt cutters and clip the lock jammed with gum rather than take a sheet out of your car and smear shoe polish to declare that you're open. Now, 
doing a little, of course, the fun fact research. The reason they had a, the, the, the shutters down and that gum on there because they had to shoot during at night when the store was closed. They couldn't shoot during the day for obvious reasons. No way a gum salesman has that much drive to waste that much time to sell a 55-cent pack of gum on a Saturday afternoon. No one is that dedicated to their job. Stop it. The argument of Dante explaining why it takes way more skill to make a woman come is 100% true. Ladies, guys have blown loads via pocket pussies, wet, dry vacuums, and even warmed up fruit. Ladies, it doesn't take a village. (laughs) The how many people have you slept with question never, ever, ever honestly pays off to answer that correctly. My wife would do a spit take and a break a pencil in anger if I told her my range. I don't even have a number. It's a range. Oh God, Kevin. I don't know what it is. I, I don't I don't keep track. Sorry. Veronica transferred from Seton Hall to my mom to Mammoth to be closer to be Dante. Folks, that is a 30 to 45 minute ride. She didn't move from fucking Vermont to Florida. Just to put this in perspective. <laughs> so for all of you non-Jersey folks, you're like, she moved to from college. It's it, she could be there by the time one half hour sitcom has ended. Let's not go crazy here. Who keeps tracks of how many BJs you've given in your life besides Ray, which I'm sure you've kept meticulous notes and a Venn diagram in your diary, Ray? I got the book right here. (laughs) This is a top 10 soundtrack of all time that is criminally underrated. Bad Religion. Fucking love. You know my love for them. Allison Chains. Stabbing Westward. Jesus Lizard. Lynette, I hate Fleetwood Mac, but that's a cool punk song of that go your own way. I get it. That is a banging-ass soundtrack that always makes my top 10 movie soundtracks referenced. Disagree with you guys. I like the staccato dialogue that he does. You're right. doesn't talk like that, but you know what? It's fun. It's entertaining. keeps you on your seat. I dug it. I talked about the the porn store thing. Uh, why? Go ahead, Lynette. What's up? Sorry, it sounded like you were wrapping up, so I did want to nope. interrupt. Uh, nope. Ray mentioned that it was poorly directed, and I actually felt something different about the dialogue during the fight scene uh, at the end of it. And it turns out, fun fact, that uh, Kevin Smith had been basically awake, surviving on like an hour of sleep for mm-hmm. 20 out of the 21 days. So that scene, he couldn't stay awake and did not direct it. And I was like, oh! Funny how that scene feels different. He let it go. Yeah, he let it go for a while. That's 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 a good catch, Lynette. Why does the payphone behind Dante say employees only? First of all, why should an employee have to use a payphone? Second of all, why is no one else allowed to use a public payphone? Well, look who it is, the human vacuum. Ironically, Lynette Paladino's AOL screen name back in the day. <laughs> One of, one of. The other one was Hot Latina. (laughs) 69XOXO. If you've never worked in the service industry, you'll never appreciate the stupidity and entitlement of customers. I had a customer get mad at me because their cheeseburger I served them was not in the shape of a square like Wendy's. So one story and whatever. I had a buddy who accidentally spilled his cup of tobacco spit, cherry flavored skull, into the burger that I then cut into a square for him. So don't be a fucking asshole, people. 
these things happen. I get we're going for comedy here, but selling cigarettes to a five-year-old is beyond egregious. Even Quickie Marts in Paris would not sell cigarettes to kids that young. <laughs> Jay is the drug dealer. Jay the drug dealer is the perfect amalgamation of every dirtbag drug dealer you know. Uh, great acting, great lines written for him, but he has the a- acting chops of an empty dime bag. Obviously, that is part of the allure of this film. I thought he had the most authentic acting for right. his assigned role. Right. Right. Yeah, I the just whole- assumed that I just assumed that he was the drug dealer who happened to be just working outside and they just got some clips of him. Right. He actually knows Kevin Smith from before. They were friends before this was, was filmed. This whole jizz mopper story that Randall tells Dante in front of the customer is great, but I felt so empty hand, uh, empty handed when they never told us how much the average jizz mopper makes. Cause I want to know after Googling a little bit to find that out, an unsubstantiated claim on the uh, made in 2011 on Reddit said they make $9 an hour. Mm, okay. Well, more in 2011, that would have been more than minimum wage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all the rubber gloves you can take home, I guess, and blow up like the hamburger helper. Well, that's Ray, fun. Ray, Ray, I'm surprised to hear that you didn't have a, a, a high number count of the ladies. I'm surprised you not run up the old scoreboard while meeting cutters at the gathering of the juggalos. Look, I, I, look, I'm gonna, Kevin, hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> having, having been, to my knowledge, the only person on this panel to have attended several insane clown posse concerts live in person there ain't no women there no no okay well a woot woot to you then so ray i'm also that's you got it uh that listen i disagree with you ray i worked in a restaurant you're mean to tell me that people don't talk about sex at work that's all you talk about at a restaurant is sex and then having sex with other people who work at said restaurant. Yeah, but Talking. not during, not during the shift. During the oh, shift, everybody talked oh, about how they were going to go get high later. A hundred percent people are talking about that. Chili's not West, with me. Chili's Westwell. Well, there's reasons for that. <laughs> Chili's West Windsor, Route 1, RIP. It's now Buffalo Wild Wings. Another, another, this just doesn't happen. If any of my bosses at any of my old menial jobs pull that okie doke business of, hey, come on on your day off and I promise I'll come in at 12 o'clock, the minute 12.01 hit, guess who's walking the fuck out of there? Mm-hmm. Me. And probably quitting too on top of it. That's, that, that doesn't happen. As unpragmatic as it is, the hockey on the roof idea is hilarious. They have about 18 feet to play hockey. No, but the idea, all right, that's unique. I doff my cap. The old Jewish Jewish guy beating off in a convenience store bathroom, that's funny. The whole repartee he grows through, the mental gymnastics to get all that, funny. The herky-jerky camera work when Randall and Dante driving to the funeral was quite unbecoming, but I guess you can't fit two cameras or people in the back of what looks like a Pontiac that was dis- discontinued in 1986. That, those are the brakes. Yeah, that was a uh, rough, uh, rough camera work. I was completely on, no, actually, nope. Actually, I love the idea of spitting water in people's faces when they do dumb shit. Let's expand that 
to people who stand on subway stairs while having cell phone conversations, play music in the subway without without headphones, and people who workers who stand by a self-pay kiosk and then get indignant when you click no tip. I will spit water in your face every time. Newark Airport, fun fact. They have a security guard there to make sure you don't steal shit, but you scan your own stuff and they say tip. I go, I spit, I go, are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> so Ray, as James Gabs, he loves to make funny for not going to the gym. I have to explain something to you. Um, it's just, and this does not mean being belittling. This is just facts. No, I need to learn the gym guy who says to Dante, let me see your muscles. Let me explain how weights work. Rick Darris is a character's name. He says he benches 354. Guess what? You can't add four pounds onto a bench. Everything comes <laughs> in fives or zeros. The lowest amount of weight are two and a half pounds that you slap on each side, thus equaling five. You can never have weights end in four. Now, I'm going to counterpoint this by saying when I used to go to the gym, you could get gloves that you could put little weights in, and you could put two pounds of weight on the back of your hand to do the 350, making it 354. This is a gotcha moment. This is a moment that also says you're an A1 jerk-off and probably wear those sneakers that are shaped like toes. Now, <laughs> now hold on a sec. I might be one of those, but I'm definitely not the other. <laughs> when Dante got the fine, let's talk about a lawyered situation. When Dante got the fine for selling the for when Randall sold the kid cigarettes and said you cannot contest this fine in court, bullshit. Every yeah. summons you get can be contested in court. That's called the judicial judicial system, lawyered. If you can't appreciate someone who brings you hermaphroditic porn at work, you sure as shit can't be counted on to help a friend bury a body. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> it's uniquely hilarious and also a horseshit moment that Caitlin unwittingly fucks a dead guy in the bathroom, but her naivete to think that Dante was the person she had sex with when she damn know well knows what his dick looks and feels like is beyond preposterous. Lynette, you know, every dick is like a snowflake. No two are alike. Besides Ray, <laughs> some are veiny, some are tiny. Sorry, Ray, I didn't mean to get personal with you. And for the record, yeah. I, I have seen an exact handful number of dicks. I don't remember them all. <laughs> Maybe the three that I had the most relationship with. This sounds like a new game show idea called Glory Hole ID Check. And that's what we're going to do. Lynette? And you're, and you're right. You're right, Kevin, because uh, 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 dicks are a lot like snowflakes in that uh, once they touch go. a human hand, they melt in three seconds. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. What are we talking about? <laughs> and by the but way, I will the, say the... this. If she's been if she had a relationship with him for five years, I don't think. I mean, even as a naive 22-year-old, that a three-year gap, you're like, wow, you really grew up. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if she – and let's just assume even more. If he's sitting down there, by the way, jerking off and taking a shit, two things I've never tried to combine. That is like uh, you know, crossing the streams, as the old Ghostbusters say. She's got – so she, the, the guy's sitting down who took a shit and jerked off, right? You're wearing headphones. Here comes David Lynette behind you. <laughs> <laughs> She she would immediately know after sitting on this dude's dick that, wait, this dude is about a 100 pounds fatter and hairier as she mounts him. 
And then, of course, does he play the role of Barry Allen, the Flash, and just zip right to the front of the convenience store in said horseshit sweater? Stop it. Uh, next page. Let me get this straight. One woman breaks off her engagement with a lottery ticket husband, as she proclaims. The other one transfers to be closer to a college nearby. The boyfriend who, let me look at my notes here, is a convenience store clerk. We're not talking about Jeff Bezos here. We're talking about a garage, a, a, a cash register jockey for Christ's sakes, who does nothing but whine and lament about his current status. If this doesn't prove that this is a man's world, nothing will. I have to say that part of the storyline infuriated me because it, it it indulges in this notion that women have a savior complex and we think we can fix men. I am not one of those women. I've never been one of those women. I don't know any fucking women like that. It's Everyone not, who dates Pete Davidson, that's the, that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> no self-respecting woman has that insane notion. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say no self-respecting woman would date Pete Davidson. Yeah. Right. He does have a few good ones under the belt. Good, good on him. Uh, hey, you I know mean, what? Bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ray. He'll be the, he'll be the opening act at the next gathering of the juggalos in five years. Just you wait. Well, I look forward to meeting him then. And his, and his prodigious penis throughout the film. This is a little nostalgic because it reminds us all what it was like to be a 20 year old shithead. Not knowing where to go, career moves, stalling out, relationships, who knows. We, or even ourselves, were in ruts or had friends who were in ruts who were content with the life like uh, Randall or just a miserable bag of shit like Dante. Hell, I'm 47. I'm still trying to figure shit out. That, you can empathize with those uh, aspects of the film. Now, Randall is a top 10 comedic character of all time in films. No disagreements will be allowed. This He is hilarious. I don't care. He is a bad actor. Everyone in this film, the acting in this film... At best, at best is a two and a half. The jokes disagree with you, Paladino. They come fast and furious. The jokes are an eight and a half. The jokes are consistent. The jokes are funny. They still land. I don't give a shit that they're rude. I don't give a shit if they're a little gross. They still hit. This film has always been in my top 10 favorite films. I love it. At warts and all, look, and you guys are sitting here like the fucking Warren Commission with looking at a comedy. Cicadas, you've been on this podcast enough. We are not looking at comedies with the same lens as we are Tarantino or Scorsese films. Did it make you laugh? In this case, it did not make you laugh. But all the extracurricular bullshit that you and Lynette are piling on with, some of it applies. But again, did this make you laugh? That's what I base comedies on. Did I laugh a lot? Yes. Wait a minute, Kevin. Mission successful. This is a comedy? This is the first I was yep. aware that this would be yep. a comedy. Yep. 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 Well, did not laugh yep. a single time. Found the, found the dialogue. Is Gilmore Girls a comedy then too? Am I missing? Are all, uh, <laughs> I, I've never here? watched. 
Uh, Ray, what are your top? What are your? What do you feel are the top five, five funniest films of all time? Your opinion. I'm not going to ask you. We've talked about I know. this Give on me. the show before. Uh, I would say, uh, look, I, I would say that I like a lot of the uh, the Abrams, Zucker Abrams. So the the airplane, uh-huh. uh, uh, Naked Gun, Naked, Naked Gun Two sure. and a Half is my favorite of the three. What uh, better than say, one? That's preposterous. I do. I do. Th- I, I laughed harder at the second one than I did the first one. And I mean, they're I both. Know, it's, it's funny. It's personal take. They're both great. Okay. Fine. Personal sure. Take. Uh, sure. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. Uh, was one that got me a long time ago and still and it still plays it still it still keeps you know and then the one that you always disagree with me on but the more recent one uh that i've seen was uh, well uh let's see dumb and dumber uh Great. hits me right me sure. myself and irene hits me sure. right and then rat race hits me right which oh, i know Christ you don't sake. you don't like rat race but that one that one got me laughing okay. that one got me right. way more than clerks did uh, overall ever there are more jokes per minute in that, with the exception of airplane naked gun, because that's impossible. Those jokes are at a, at a frenetic pace. Top secret too. Put that one on the list. Overrated. I was so disappointed with that. Oh, I recently watched it. Uh, it. It bombed for a reason. He throws but, the pizza in the air at the beginning of the movie and then it hits him in the head 90 minutes later. Yeah. That's, it's a brilliant <laughs> there, movie. There are moments. Movie. I just think it's not near as good. I just was actually disappointed. Look. This is the the low budget component plays well in the idea of two slackers just hanging out a day in the life at a convenience store. It has an all right plot. And again, that's all you need. It's a little mini shuttle. There's no plot. It's a day in the life of two dudes just going through life. It's a documentary. It's a a day in the life of we're not curing cancer kids. We're telling dick jokes and having breakup bullshit and all that stuff. This. it's a uh, sketch and, comedy movie. It's yeah. a movie of a whole bunch of sketches set in the yeah. same place, and it just goes one, two, three, four, and none of them have anything to do with any of the other sketches in the movie. And 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 that's that's fine, but no, there's no, no plot. There's no story. There's no there's no plot the go- elements. The there's going, no resolution. The, uh, I, I remember my statement. The goings on are all enjoyable. Right, right. The plot. Okay, again, I don't need, I don't need usual suspects concrete plot for a comedy. This is a, look, there are plenty of comedies out there that forget their comedies about halfway through and get all sappy horse shit. <clears throat> Wedding Crashers, what a turd that is. This film is beyond quotable. There are quotes aplenty, you, but the still laughing 30 years later after it came out. I own it. I love it. This film opened. This film's been copied eight ways till Sunday. We just did Donnie Darko last night. If you recall, that film stinks, by the way. Spoiler. They have the whole discussion about how Smurfette got gang banged. It was created by Papa Smurf. Where the fuck do you think that guy had the idea to do that? The whole Star Wars thing here. Kevin Smith inspired a lot of these directors to have that kind of, well, who would win or what kind of discussions would occur that were after watching these cra- these films of all time. Oh, cool. He inspired a movie you just said was terrible. Yeah. Great. Well, that's one example. I also wrote down, <laughs> and I also wrote down if there was no clerks. <laughs> There would be no Apatow or Seth Rogen, which some could argue would be for the better. Yeah, that's the better timeline. Yeah. <laughs> His next two films are solid. Mallrats is funny. What was third? It was Chasing Amy 3? Uh, that was all right. Never mind. Mallrats is funny. Oh, no, Jane Silent Bob, I think. No, that was four. I take that back. Jane Silent Bob or, uh, or Strike Back, hilarious. I love how Smith wrote himself as Randall and then let someone with a pubic hair better of acting chops take over. And I do mean a half a pubic hair. The jokes are childish and stupid. Who cares? They're funny. I'll rewatch this film at the end of time. Seven and a half. Still makes me laugh. Still makes me laugh. I feel like I just got punched in the rectum again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
This time I don't have a. Uh, this time I, I have think a Go- they did it wrong, right? I, I have. A, <laughs> I have a GoPro on the end of my fist too. So this way I can find out those pops have gotten anywhere else. Here we go. Scores, predictions by Lord Snurts. Here we go. Race to Candace. He has you at a three. Lynette Paladino. He has you at a seven and he has me at a six and a half. Whoa. Lord Snurts, you're off on this one. All right. I mean, not too far off. Not too far off. Yeah. Critics, five star reviews. After 22 years, Clerks remains a quintessential part of nineties independent cinema and the start of the career of one of the most well-rounded, pun intended, directors and writers of this era, Kevin Smith. Although, be fair, he had a heart attack and he lost a shitload of weight. Give him I was going to say, he, he, he lost like, what, 40 pounds at least? More than that. Yeah. Wow. He, yeah. If Clerks lacks the grunge artis- artistry of its forebearers, forebears, forebearers, I think forebears is the word you want to use here, guy or girl. It's a fast, likable 90 minutes at the movies. The way our culture is going, this may be what a hip sitcom looks like in 15 years. Because there aren't any good sitcoms right now that are hip. That's for sure. There is no way in 15 years cancel culture and woke culture will have rescinded enough to allow even a tenth of the dialogue in this film. I don't know when this film was this, sorry, this review was written, so it could be a little more data than currently. currently. I, I don't, I would say in the last 30 years, the, the, I mean, I think the only person that gets away with more obnoxious dialogue is Tarantino. Right. True. If it's fancy packaging you want, forget it. It's scuzzy talk and laugh out loud humor are your bag. Check this out. A wonderfully funny film debut from the outset. Kevin Smith takes us into his askewed world. Oh, you critics and your horseshit puns. World, and we love it. Oh, and the follow-up with, and I wasn't even supposed to be at work today. Oh, shoehorning in a... Critics are just the worst people. They're as bad, again, as those people who stand by the kiosk and ask for a tip. Critics, one-star reviews. In style and execution, Clerks isn't on par with its general generational predecessors, excuse me, but what can you expect from an ex-convenience store jockey writer director with a fit with a thirty thousand dollar budget? Well, yeah, he's working with his means, asshole. Jesus. A script so full of words it probably probably rivals the telephone book in size. So if you've ever written a script, you'll know that a ninety-four minute film is ninety-four pages. That's how the formula works. So yeah. Do your homework, nerd. Amateurish, amateurishly acted, clumsily edited, and slapped together out of what looks like surveillance camera footage. The thing bumps along not so much on talent as audacity. Movies like this either work for you or they don't. This one frequently put me to sleep. I wouldn't say sleep. Right. Amazon five-star reviews. I laughed so hard the second time I saw it, back when you had to go to a theater to see a first-run movie, in parentheses. I thought I was going to give myself an aneurysm. Despite his hilarious performance, the actor who played Randall went back to his day job at the post office. He eventually married the girl who played Caitlin, watched the movie carefully when they have scenes together, and you can really tell that she caught his eye. I hope they are still together and happy. Well, kids... No, she's dead. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, if they were done, and I wrote two seconds of Googling, he would have found that they got divorced after one year of marriage, and then she died 15 years later. So I hope the yeah. reviewer does not listen to this podcast to spoil his well wishes. Wow. Coincidence? 
The Kevin Israel special. I bought the video for $2.99 when a local rental store went out of business a few years ago. My brother made fun of me then, but then last year he paid over $30 for a DVD. Ha, ha, ha on him. Guys, the only places I know that charge $30 for DVDs are Suncoast Video, which no one went to, Barnes & Nobles, which no one bought DVDs from, and porno stores, which everyone goes to back in the day. Went back to back in the day. I got I got a confession to make. I'm here. I went to Suncoast Video. Why? Did you guy. like just did you like taking out a government loan to get a VHS tape? They were very expensive, and that's where I would spend all my money when I was younger. I mean, you couldn't wait six more months to hit the bargain bin at like Target, Walmart, whatever. They they had the hard to find anime, and that's what I was into back then. I remember walking to the, like as clear as the day. I walked into Barnes and Noble because I was there getting a book, and I go, "Oh my God, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back on DVD." I go, all right, cool. How much? I look at the price tag. You ready for this? Thirty nine ninety nine, and that was back in two thousand and one. I go to, I go to the, and I walk right to the counter. I go, excuse me, I believe you have a wrong price sticker on this DVD. I, and they look and they go, no, it's right. I go, okay, <laughs> and I just drop it on the counter and walked away. That's all you can do. Hey, I, can, can I follow up on a point from earlier? Because you said uh, this is what sick. I assume a review from nineteen ninety three. And if this is what sitcoms might look like fifteen years in the future. Sure. I looked up. The top rated, so 2008, the top rated sitcom was Two and a Half Men. So let's go ahead and put that on the most frozen take ever made. Oof. <laughs> so I was right. <laughs> what a That's stinker-rama. Right. This has to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I ended up getting this movie as a gift for my 17-year-old solely to see her reactions. Needless to say, her reactions were priceless, and she actually put her phone down to watch. What does it say about a movie when a teen puts her phone down? I would uh, love to. I want to know this. I'd love to it know. It didn't oh. happen. Yeah, I would love to know if, the, when watching the film, the daughter looked up and said, "37 dicks. That's a long weekend for me." <laughs> Any adult who would take and show this movie proudly. To an, to a 17 year old girl should be put on a watch list. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I hope, it. I yeah. hope for their sake, they just made that up. Right. I, uh, funny story. I might have, I've told this in the podcast before. I haven't told you two this. 1999, year I graduated college and a little film called American Pie came out and I thought it's fucking hysterical. I told my parents, it's hilarious. Go see it. Well, they call me a few days later and said, yeah, we saw it was hilarious. I go, yeah. I go, yeah. Well, we didn't know what it was about, and we took your 16-year-old sister at the time. <laughs> so my parents had to sit in American Pie with my 16-year-old sister. Oh, I go, well, you didn't fucking tell me you were going to take Jill, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> the next one filled one of the holes in my collection. So that, that makes me ask, how many D- how many DVDs can you fit into one's orifice? I must know. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. I knew we were going there, and again, nothing I could do to stop it. Nope. This is an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. This is one of the top 10 favorite comedies of all time. The first time I saw it, I laughed so hard it left me in tears. The sequel sucked. Clerks 2 does suck. If you haven't seen it, haven't seen either one or two, save your time and definitely get the original. Signed, Jimmy Carter. There you have it. Amazon one-star reviews. Rest in peace, Rosalind. Yep. Not off, uh, not awfully so great. I didn't even get to it for like half an hour. And then maybe I changed it because I was like totally bored. I didn't like the graphics that, that didn't like, I didn't like the subject matter. I really didn't like it. There's no punctuation, guys. This is why I'm reading it very fragmented. Thank you all for listening.
the graphics annoyed you. That that's what we're gonna hang our hat on. The the, the opening animation for the production company that's what we got into all right i mean clown ass kevin clown ass have you not heard their latest album ray it's fucking bonkers if i and wanted if to it, see a clown's ass i'd go to see insane clown posse i was just gonna say again oh, is, that the, is that the title of their new album there you go should be S- stupid great great act great act stupid and needless vulgarity signed machine gun kelly well i'll be damned <laughs> Was told there's a lot of dumb humor, parentheses, something I love. The movie was slow, full of unreal amounts of non-funny, vulgar content, and perhaps one or two remotely funny lines. Not sure who came up with the idea for this movie, but they should break their creative pen and retire. I will never get this time back. (laughs) Hey, guess what, people? Maybe they'll appreciate this next review. Should have rented Zardos, signed Sean Connery. You know what? Yeah, and he's right. He's right. (laughs) Sean Connery in a loincloth. By the way, oh, you did a Highlander. That's right. That ties back mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. That, that might have been your second film, I believe you've done. Believe Lynette so. Palladino did Race to Canis Gut, The Sacred Cow. I mean, for me, he did, yeah. Look, the warts were there. I see them. I just choose to say, I, I, I see your picture. I see, I'll, I'll, I would make a mall rats reference, but you guys it won't get it. I see this photo, your picture, your painting, but I see inside that picture something beautiful. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Cutting the Sacred Cow. We thank you all for hanging out. Take care. Aloha. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.